Welcome to the Past Life Awakening Institute podcast. I'm Mark Beal, a past life regression therapist and trainer. If you're interested in having personal sessions or certification training, go to my pastlifeawakeninginstitute.com website for detail. Thanks for watching and enjoy this episode. Welcome, Karen. Good to see you. Good to see you. So this is Karen Monster-Peters. She's a psychologist, life coach, and energy healer. She's the founder of the Vibrant Sensitive Movement, an online wellness practice. She's got a master's degree in psychology from Radboud University in the Netherlands, and she's certified in various forms of hypnosis. She specialized in giftedness, child development, parenting, and highly sensitive people. She's helped over 700 clients over the past 10 years in this speciality. You can find her at her Facebook group, The Vibrant Sensitive, with over six and a half thousand members. And her website is thevibrantsensitive.com. The links to her YouTube, uh, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn are all in the description. She guides men and women into deeper awareness and deep healing. She uses many energy healing modalities and techniques. She says her greatest tool is her intuition and her natural healing ability that she says she's been perfecting through many lifetimes. So that really resonates with us at the Past Life Awakening Institute podcast. Uh, and she's also studied uh, some of my courses and, uh, and is interested in things like hypnosis, NLP, past life regression between lines. So welcome to the podcast the, the podcast for the Past Life Awakening Institute. Great to see you. It's great to be here. I'm so honored yeah. <laughs> and excited and so excited. <laughs> cool. So a lot of uh, questions arise from, I mean, amazing background, so many things you've done. Uh, and we can get to that. What's a sensitive, uh, your healer's path, how you went from the scientific to the spiritual, your past lifetimes, a lot to talk about. In fact, so much that we've planned two podcasts. So, so today we're going to focus on the professional life, being a psychologist, the kind of uh, people, a specific group that you, that you work with, highly sensitive. You can find out a lot about that. That's a diagnostic term and a lot of uh, clinical research has been done on that area. So we can find out what those terms means. Uh, just in definitions and in terms of how people work with it uh, and, and the modalities they choose. And we can look at some of the case studies and new methodologies as Karen runs a lot of uh, programs to help people for over a couple of days, over months, over years. So some really interesting things there. And then we're going to have another podcast where we look at uh, more from a personal perspective, the kind of life that you've lived and how that shaped you as a healer and the way that you're really you know, walking the talk and demonstrating that. I think a lot of people will benefit from healing seeing the healer's path that you've come up with and the, the congruence with which you you know go through things you know to this day so uh, so we can get started and just break it down a bit so uh interested to start with your psychological background and your training as a psychologist so you graduated in 2004 i believe yes but can you tell us about that that uh that journey how did you find your psychology training well, basically, I was pregnant, <laughs> and, uh, and I was studying cultural anthropology first, and, um, and I realized, and I loved it, I mean, I love cultures, I love travel, I love, you know, I just love people, and I love you know, the understanding of, of societies and how we were formed, right? Uh, I think that's been a love that I've had my whole life, uh, and probably in a few life, lifetimes as well. Um, but I got pregnant and I realized like if I'm going to do this job an anthropologist has to, has to travel a lot <laughs> okay and I couldn't be doing that with a baby 
So I was, I was pretty pragmatic when I just took a guide <laughs> and I was just like, what am I going to do now? <laughs> so I switched my studies to psychology, well, orthopedagogik, which is uh, a, Dutch, a Dutch study. Um, you cannot find that anywhere else in the world under that name, which is developmental and educational child psychology. So you will do that for your full four or five years, and then you, by the end, you will also have your master's. So it's very complete, complete study of, of child educational parenting developments, etc. So that's how I actually got into it. And, and I, in, like in the first months, I was like, of course I'm doing this. <laughs> like, <laughs> it just fit so well. <laughs> yeah, I was, just, I was just thinking, like, so I was st starting to study psychology, then I had a baby and that interrupted my learning of psychology. I'm like, wait a second, people are reading books about childhood development and you're like living it day to day. <laughs> yeah. So what, what a great experiential way to really understand what's going on. Exactly. I even I even remember getting a few questions right right in a few exams just because I had experienced that, and that most people like I had no idea. Oh my god! I'm like, I went through that. <laughs> so that was perfect. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's that's beautiful. It's so interesting the way our, uh, I think every healer's personal experiences. We've got to listen to those rather than like, yeah. oh, that was a distraction. My life should have done this, but then that happened and it got in the way. No, it didn't. It, it was didn't. It, it was there to tell you something. Yeah, it was a perfect fit. And, uh, and, and basically, you know, I, I only took, I think I did one, uh, one year in two years. Um, when my daughter was around one year old, I needed to take a little bit of a, yeah, not a break, but it had to be a little bit um, slower because she had chronic ear infections. So I was like, you know, I'm going to go crazy here. Let me take, you know, so I, I did the second year in two years, but they, but I loved the whole study. It was, it was exactly what I, what I uh, needed and wanted uh, to do at that moment in my life, <laughs> for sure. For yeah. sure. Okay. And did you resonate with the kind of training that you were getting uh, at that time or the scientific approach and the way that it was yeah, I was very much in a scientific mode back then. I was such a scientist. I was raised, my father was such a geologist, uh, statistician. Uh, he was, I mean, my dad was not religious at all. I mean, or spiritual. Um, he, he was very much against everything. And I mean, in the sense that he was, raised in a very uh, Protestant family. Um, he, he had to go to church three times a week. Uh, so he knew his stuff. He was very, very, very educated and very much about, um, so, I mean, if the Mormons would show up at the door, he would invite them in, say, okay, give me the pamphlets, I'll read it, you come back tomorrow. <laughs> so that type of, that type of person. So he, 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 like, he knew his stuff, but he didn't believe. Yeah. What, what, anything about, more. what about you did you have a spiritual consciousness oh, I did. That time? so oh. i so i did i was i was very very much um always sensing that there was something more um so i was so he would he would just like laugh at me a little bit just like that's just you you know uh, but i always had that that 
sixth sense that even as a child, which was something that came up in the past lives for healer course that you uh, that you have, um, me sitting on a on a on a swing and really communicating with something bigger than me, and just like just knowing that I was being heard. Okay. You know, and I knew it, and I could feel it in my whole body. Well, that's you good know? if you if you feel like you're not being heard by your dad, but you are being feeling <laughs> by another spiritual authority presence. That's good. Did you engage with that sense of spirituality? Like, let's say, even as a 20, 22 year old, when you're going through the psychology classes, were you thinking, <laughs> wow, they should be talking about the spiritual or were you it was more on the back burner? No, it wasn't much, very, very much in the back burner. I, I, I was in a relationship also at that time with somebody who was complete atheist as well. Like he would like really like be really harsh about it even if i would say anything spiritual yeah. like bomb like really slam it shut um so i i was just in very much in that scientific scientific mode which i'm really good at by the way i i can thrive in that as well um i get that i i but for me i mean that the click came the moment that i connected both that I realized it's it's not one thing. It's yeah. it's it's actually one thing. It's not two things. How how old were you when that click happened? After my dad died. How old were you yeah. then? I was 26. Wow. 27, 27, I think. 2006. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. That's like, that's like, uh, that's really interesting. I I find uh, myself, I had a scientific. Uh, literary, uh, you know, conventional bent uh, up until 26 as well, where oh I, had, I had a click and awakening experience. And I remembered, no, I wouldn't have also not thought of myself as an overly spiritual person and very comfortable with, uh, you know, the conventional world and, and all about it and could function perfectly well inside and out. But then at 26, I was like, wait a second. And then had the <laughs> awakening and but also remembered you know that wasn't in here I, I always had that little part of me but it was very much on the back burner and yeah and so that I, but I think it's really helpful for healers to have you know then you can have the best of both worlds if you're sort of head in yeah, the cards absolutely. like your entire life and there are people like that and it works but uh, for a lot of people having that being able to have both is really really interesting so at 26 so you yeah. great so then you graduated from so you've been out of psychology school for a like a, a little of years, two years I, yeah I right away uh, opened my own practice um, because I had specialized in giftedness uh, gifted education and gifted psychodiagnostics so um, I right away and there were many specialists in the Netherlands back then uh, right now it's exploded okay. uh, but back then I think the first big meeting with specialists of, around giftedness we were eight eight of us and that was it. And I knew this is this was my thing. I, I wanted to do this. So I was like, I'm not going to wait around for somebody to hire me or to find a place for me to get this done. I'm like, I'm just going to start my own thing. And I did with a lot of success. <laughs> and um, so by then I was studying. I had been, yeah, I had been in private practice when my dad died for two well, a year and a half when he died. And, um, and that's when actually my other gifts started being shown when I was 
doing my own thing. Because that's when it, I could, I would be reading forms, children's forms that, that the, the parents would have submitted. And I would get so much more information just than that was on paper. And, and I would be just saying this to the parents and the parents would be like, did we put that in there? You know, and I was like, oh, uh, no, no, but it's the profile, you know, <laughs> I was like, oh my God. Um, so, so I realized that there was something more happening um, than that I just knew things. I've this been doing this for a year and a half. We see patterns. <laughs> it's yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, no, no. It's, it's the profile. It's the type. Yeah. It's the type, right? Yeah. But they were like, the parents were like, oh, and I'm still getting, I'm still like a month ago, I got a messenger. Somebody found me on Facebook and for, from years ago, 2007 or something, like what you wrote on that report, like a prediction of what would happen, it's, it happened. It was spot on. Yeah. And, and I was like, and I'm still, every time I'm like still blown away by that and like really grateful that people come back to me with that because then I know I'm not crazy. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it, yeah. One thing that's interesting to me is a lot of people, they have this light bulb experience, you know, at awakening at 26 or whenever it happens can be 46 anytime, but often they then look back on like, well, what was I doing beforehand? I need a complete change and shift into a new field, which is what happened for me. What, the, yeah. what, I, what, what I was working in, it gave transferable skills, but I could not stay in that industry at all and I had to shift. But what's interesting for, for you is that you're already very much in a clinical environment and it's not that you change, you just didn't change what you're doing, you changed the way you were doing it. And so what yeah. you were doing, it was you're doing diagnostics and supervision of children, instructing, yeah. teaching teachers about education and uh, yeah. working with gifted children and so and so that you know that was all you could apply all of the psychological scientific stuff you've learned but then add in uh different ways of doing it and so and so exactly. have, have i actually described exactly what you're doing or can you tell us a bit exactly. more about well, yeah i would i would I, I i did also a lot of work with with because of the psychodiagnostics you you have to then transfer that to the school schooling situation and you have to be able to explain that to the teachers in a way that it's workable and that that parent that the teacher can do something with what I've written, right? Like, okay, this 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 is this child, yep. this is the report, and what do we do with it? Um, so I did a lot of that, and in, in as I grew in my practice, I got um, we started. Well, I joined an initiative to create gifted schools in the Netherlands. I became the vice president of that, and in that position, I was training teachers. Uh, also in giftedness and, and gifted education, what are the best practices for gifted children? So that's how I kind of like, we, we were doing, I was doing a lot of different things. That's why I grew really quickly yeah. <laughs> and burned down, burned out and crashed massively by 2009. <laughs> okay. Well, can I just, can I just back up a little bit? And so yeah. when you were doing that work with, you know, teaching teachers, well, was that in just like the, a normal school? Were they in like private uh, uh, international so we schools? Private schools. It, we don't right? have private schools in so the Netherlands. It was, it's yeah. So it was just the normal public education system then. Okay. Yes. Did so yes. did you then create a different schooling system that's like specifically for gifted children that needs all the infrastructure and all of that set up? So that was the that was the idea and the hope. 
And um, in the Netherlands, that's very difficult. And the Dutch are very much about being normal. So it's very important. You yeah. cannot be different or try to want to want more. Just you have to be happy, yeah. satisfied, and be normal. Yeah. So it was a very it was a very difficult. Still is, and if you just Google that in the in the Dutch uh, world, um, it's I'm still getting articles on my feed uh, about how that it's a very big issue still in the Netherlands. So they and, don't and, oh, sorry, they don't and, and, like. In, in Australia, we've got the tall poppy syndrome, if you've heard of that. Um, which it's is, the same in the, yeah, it's the fit, same in the Netherlands. Well, it's actually yeah. poppies. So it fits exactly. So if you go, if you put yourself up as, you know, special or higher in any way, you just get cut down. And that's a big part of the egalitarian society. Exactly. It's the same in the Netherlands. Yeah. And it's, and it's a very big thing because, um, in, in my work, I, I've never, I had never received a parent in my practice who said to me, I want my kids to be special, or I want my kids to have special treatment, or I want my kid, you know, she's gifted. No, no. It was always, I want my child to be happy. Yeah. And my, my child is suffering. I, I, I lost my child. I don't know where my child has gone. My child is suppressed. It's so it was never about being special. It's about parents who are bound to a system. Yeah. I mean, in the Netherlands, homeschooling is forbidden by yeah. law. <laughs> They're bound by a system and their child is deeply, deeply unhappy. Then that, that, that is a big issue. And we, and we, and so we tried to, to make to to create something for them um in the end it became kind of like a school within a school like a like a department within the public school that the gifted children could then apply to but there even those are closing down and yeah it's 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 not a good and we have a lot of gifted dropouts in the netherlands a okay. lot yeah i mean it's not very egalitarian to be led by the, the lowest quartile you know to, to cater it to their needs you know it's not why not why not have something for the highest quartile but did you find that you were able through the in that system still to be able to educate teachers and therefore it was helpful for the you know the the, the reason i stopped doing this work okay was because i felt crushed by it that right. i could not even even there were i started I graduated in 2004, right? Yep. And when I completely closed my practice, it was 2017. Okay. And in those years, nothing had changed. Nothing, like nothing. Teachers were still graduating with zero knowledge about giftedness. They were still, it was every talk I would come to school for, they would, it was like, something new was being said and I was just mind blown I was like how how so I I my belief in and what I've gotten back from parents of course is that I made a big difference on that individual level so that the parents were heard the child was seen I, I saw them I I could see the child they, I could put that on paper Parents were felt felt very seen and 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 heard. Um, 
And that made a big difference on an individual level. But then I would send that those parents and that child back to a system that's broken. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> makes makes sense. And the, so you did then end up now you're the founder of the Vibrant Sensitive. So yeah. is that has that been 10 years or so? Um, no, it, the, the Vibrant Sensitive evolved actually in 2017. Okay. Um, because I first started with the highly sensitive parents group. Uh, highly sensitive as a movement as well. Um, that's a really big group. And um, because it was like, okay, if I'm going to go online, I want to do more because I want to travel and I want to, you know, I want to do things that are not bound to a practice. How can I combine all my talents? And that became highly sensitive parents. And, but then of course, all the other people, I would be, I would go into events or be speaker at an event and people would go, yeah, but I'm not a parent. Can you do me too? <laughs> yeah. And then I'm like, well, and okay. So then that evolved into uh, the vibrant sensitive. And that was, and that is something that um, as a, as a term more that somebody who said to me, man, but you have something really vibrant around about you. Okay. And I was like, oh, I really like that actually, <laughs> you know, because so many views about sensitivity are always about, you know, that broken, shy empath. Uh, yeah. I don't know. And that's just not me. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. That's good. Like vibrations and frequencies. Yeah, and it's like, the frequency yeah. right yeah exactly. which is kind of an opposite of uh like uh you know the, the you know the butterfly crushed under the the mechanistic wheel which is what education yeah. can be in a in a in a, in a worst way but yeah. also it must be difficult you know as you're uh you, you said in 2009 you got burnt out and yeah. so at that point you're also you know you're you've got you're creating uh you know a, a network but then you've got employees you, then you become a manager and administrator and you're not in there face to face just doing your healing work day to day it's like yeah. is that was that part of what the burnout yeah yeah all of a sudden i had eight people that i was responsible for <laughs> and uh and that was uh you know you're, you're doing you're just being a manager more than that you're actually doing the work that you love to do uh and that was that was just not um what i wanted because i'm i am very much about um my being my own boss I it's yeah well, <laughs> my time is mine <laughs> yeah well another really cool thing there is you didn't just resign yourself to it I'll just plod into work every day and take the paycheck and this is kind of what I want to do but not really but I'll just pretend that it is you're like hey this is not what I want and then you you know you had the courage to make a change and I think that's a really important uh demonstration for a lot of people a lot of people can rationalize it oh it's okay it's sort of but to be able to say, no, this is not what I'm about. And, and therefore to again, make your own way and define your terms on how you're going to do is a, is a really important, inspiring thing for people to see. Yeah. It, I think it's funny when people say that that's very inspiring because for me, it's like, again, I it's, it doesn't feel like I have a choice, yep. like on a soul level, I have no choice. If I yep. keep on going with what I'm doing, it's just going to crush me. And it's it and my soul, my soul doesn't let me get away with anything, by the yep. way. <laughs> and my soul is pretty very much like <laughs> I, I, I was ex <laughs> yeah, I was exactly the same. I had no choice. Like I didn't, I was quite the conventional, you know, status, money, you know, fitting in. It was all great, but but my soul was like, no, sorry, buddy. <laughs> None of you can't <laughs> have happen. any of this. Exactly. Yeah. That's funny. Okay. And so and so then and so that 
you know, you and as you so you really got that feedback as well. You know, we talk about evidence-based things. And so, you know, and you didn't just sort of go, oh, I don't like the way this makes me feel in the first six months of your practice. You like stuck at it and and uh you know had the ups and downs, but so ultimately the results that I'm getting are not uh as as or just the system I'm working with it's it, and there needs to be another way of doing things yeah. and yeah. I'm going to have to create that and so that's what you did and so mm-hmm. how did you go about uh and and what did that mean in terms of the modalities and the way that you're practicing so there's yeah. the, the so, scientific yeah so I I stopped so I I um I burnt out <laughs> I had another baby in 2009 and then another one in 2010 uh so that was like like what the heck are you doing in a burnout having two children also sure let's do it let's do that too why not <laughs> um but by 2012 I was like I need I needed to do something I wanted to keep developing myself um and I kept asking myself is this you know is this soul or is this ego like what is happening here like who who's talking now is it my ego saying like you're here with a master's doing nothing with it or is this a calling that I need to do something and step up again? So I went and started psychotherapy. Um, and that was not a success uh, because she wanted just to just ignore all my training. And I had to start carte blanche, but I couldn't because I had my training. And basically it turned out it was like more like a cult setting than, than, <laughs> than a training. Uh, and, and she just, she just crushed it. She was out to crush everything that was me. So I, I said, okay, I get also, again, I couldn't do that. I can't anything that's crushing me. It's just like, okay, yep. step away from that. And I went in 2012, I went through that like dark night of the soul period, which was funny because if I look back at that, you know, we're talking like Maya calendar and things like that. And it's also exactly then October, 2012. <laughs> and I just went into this complete deep dive, like, what do I want? Yep. And um, I, and in, well, in 2007, I had read the intention experiment. And that was for me, the, the blend of the, the scientific and the, and the, and the spiritual. The intention experiment by Lynn McTaggart. I don't know if uh, I don't know if you know it. Um, it's a fantastic book uh, because it just, you know, it was that moment that my brain and my heart just said, I was just, you know, it wasn't right now. You can just take a picture of something and send it to people. I was scanning it and emailing it to everyone. <laughs> I was like, look at this. Did you know, you know, like that quantum field? Oh my God. And I said right there and then, 2007, if I ever find a modality that is going to, is, works with the quantum field, that's going to be my thing. And in 2012, there I was completely lost, wandering through, the, through town. Let's go to the library. Let's see if they have an interesting book. And I see this little pamphlet there, and it says, Touch of Matrix. And it's, 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 it's dive into the, into the possibilities of the quantum field. And I was like, no, that cannot be true, right? And I Google it and, it's, and it even said, it talked about Lynn McTaggart's book. So I was like, this is it. So I went back and I got all the other books 
And, and I showed it to my husband. I said to my husband, read this, read this, right? And he was also, whoa, and we had sessions and blew our minds. So on January 2nd, 2013, we started training yep. for it. And that's how that kind of like, and it was just, wow. And even there, it was for me. I do everything first for me. It's like, it's like always that self-healing that takes place when something just resonates so with you. It's, it's a thing that is just like, I didn't think that I was going to be doing this. I was a psychologist, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm a therapist. I'm doing, you know, I'm doing intelligence testing and I don't know, and diagnostic work. I'm not going to be doing healing. This is for me and for fun. <laughs> yeah. And that's just not how it works. <laughs> well, yeah. So, sorry. So, so much of it is about what really works. And so you did go down the conventional road of doing psychotherapy and yeah, finding, and finding it's, it's just not for me. And, no. uh, and, and that's just such a key part of, you know, any therapeutic relationship, the therapist has to make sure the modality they're doing is a match for that type of client. And if it's not a match, don't do it. You know, don't like continue on. I oh, will just do, you know, 10 more sessions and see if it works. If it's, you know, you've got to know it's not working and then make an adjustment. And then and then if, if a quantum touch matrix doesn't make sense to the scientist, but it works, well then, you know, it's just whatever works really. Is that? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's my, my motto is what, if it works, it works, you know, I like, <laughs> yeah. And if it, and if it doesn't work, it doesn't work and don't keep try doing it because it makes sense or it should work. Yeah. Or keep at it or everybody says that, or yeah. that's what everybody does. No, look, if it's not working for you, like I have to, you know, be willing, you have to be willing to try something else, be willing to explore new things and other ways of being that might be a better fit for you. <laughs> yeah, and so, so, yeah. so so this is where we get to the core of what you do, which is uh, you're yeah. talking about uh, you know highly sensitive. So we'll get into uh, defining what a highly sensitive is in a second. Yeah. But for me, like that's the core. And uh, and so when you did you notice that. Uh, there are, you know, so you've got a specific client type. You're the kind of client and psychotherapy didn't match for you, but then you really resonate with this other one. And so do you find that uh, highly sensitives, uh, there are specific modalities that work for them and specific modalities that don't? I do. <laughs> well, I do. Do you want me to define high sensitivity first? Well, no, okay, I just, uh, we'll get to that next. Okay, but, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, I do. I do think, so I do believe that there are, um, modalities that work better for the highly sensitive purely because um, because there's such a, a part of the of being highly sensitive is that deprocessing that takes place so we store things so much deeper in our bodies that it's very difficult to just access that with the mind yeah so everything that is very mind oriented uh, as talk therapy usually is it's not, it's not going to reach that, the, that those uh, areas that are completely embodied by that time, 
by the highly sensitive. <laughs> yeah. It, it just keeps going and going and it's just stored even more because we know by now that the body keeps the score, right? You know, vessel van der Kolk, the body keeps the score. It's stored somewhere in your body, but the highly sensitive are even, even more, there's more to that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Excellent. any modality that is more um, in the body yeah. will work better. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed you've done you did quite a bit of hypnosis training throughout your career, and yeah. uh, and it's, and so you know talk therapy is a bit more into the conscious mind. Did you find do you find hypnotherapy in the subconscious, which is part of a lot of my interest? Is a is that one way of is that a helpful? Um, yeah, I like the subconscious part, and basically what I find really interesting about hypnosis and why I love doing that with in combination because I I blend everything. I don't do one thing. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm very eclectic in everything I do. I just take like, oh, that works there. Oh, that works all. What if we blend that, right? Yeah. Um, is the is the deep relaxation part. We I we want to get people out of their minds. We want them in their body. Yeah. And we want to just really just shut that out. <laughs> just like yeah. get out of there. Yeah. We want to go in here. And and even with with a modality like touch of matrix, which it's very, can be very um, bodily. <laughs> yeah. um, it relaxes them more. And then they can allow the body to do what it needs to do to release what it needs to release. Yeah. So that's why I, I, I love just studying many techniques. <laughs> yeah cool it, it just even as you're talking it reminds me you know you can talk to people pre-hypnosis and they're telling you this, the problems this is the problem making mind then you just want to go you know uh breathe in relax follow this hand do it sleep and then and it's like yeah. now i can talk to the problem solving mind and uh, and the con the conversations you have with the conscious mind versus the subconscious are so radically different and so refreshingly so that i can't I, you know it'd drive me crazy talking to someone's conscious mind for an hour you know every time i couldn't do it yeah, yeah, you keep going in loops, right? And, and yeah. then you realize like, okay, we, we can keep, look, I, I understood it already the first five minutes. Like yeah. we can keep rehashing that, but it's not going to make it better. <laughs> and, you know, we just, what you're doing is just rewiring that and reaffirming that in your system and in your body. And we actually don't want that, right? We want to yeah. the opposite. So it's, well, it's interesting to me, yeah. Yeah, having, I mean, having said that, uh, uh, there are a lot of people, you know, talk therapy and CBT, all these things. Like there are a lot of people who just lack some of that conscious awareness and they go through that and then they have art, their own aha moments in a conscious state. But by the time people come to me, they're, they're, that's, yeah. they're well beyond that. And so yeah. I, I'm very much aware that I'm, I'm really, what I see of reality is filtered and the people that are not, you know, that do match with other modalities that I could not do, I just don't see them. And the ones that come to me are the, are the ones who are right for me. But occasionally people will come to me and say, oh, I'm kind of curious about past lives. Maybe we could have a session. But I know that I talk to them and it's like, well, it's not a past life issue. You're not that into spirituality. Someone else told you about it. This is not for you. And I'll just refer them away to another modality. But for the people yeah. that do match, I'll say you're in the right place. And so you, you said something interesting. Uh, I read you said some traditional talk therapy can re-traumatize the sensitives. Yeah. So and so that it's not traditional talk therapy is bad. It's for some people that can have a certain effect. So you can tell us about that. 
Well, the, the, again, it's, it's that deep processing aspect of, uh, of high sensitivity. We know that, um, that the sensitive system, it, it, there's a lot of research being done uh, right now and since 2015. Um, much more research has been being done like on a, on a brain level, like brain, like sensitive people under an MRI. What do we see? What is happening in, on a brain level with a, with a highly sensitive? And um, Elaine Aaron has this great book. If anybody's like, it reads, it's not even that intense that anybody can read it. It's Psychotherapy and the Highly Sensitive Person. Yeah. And she really illustrates there, and I see that myself, that a highly sensitive person traumatizes easier. So something that might not be traumatizing to a non-highly sensitive traumatizes a highly sensitive person purely because of the sensitive system. It's not that we're more, oh, you don't have enough grit. Oh, you're not resilient. That's not it. It's just that it's stored deeper in our body. Our brain um, has no filter. So anything, things come in so much more as a shock to our system <laughs> that then it, and, and then we go into that deprocessing and deprocessing can be overthinking. <laughs> What and what happens when we're overthinking? We are rewiring and we are really connecting all the synapses in our brain, and it's just all those neurons are firing, and we're just going at it again. So when we're talking about talk therapy and the sensitive, what is happening then? We're going at it again and again and again. So you're actually their body, and we know this. The body does not know, and the brain is not doesn't know if it's happening now, if it happened before. So yeah. we can keep talking about it. <laughs> and then well, what is the body doing? Oh, it's just being re-traumatized. Right. Well, one of the psychological theories is that, you know, if you talk about and expose people to uh, traumas or, you know, phobias, for example, uh, periodically, you get this desensitization effect. And yeah. so it sounds like what you're saying is like, yes, maybe for some people, but but for others, it's really just... I, I have the feeling that that works better with phobias right. than with trauma. Okay. Uh, and in and, and trauma, it's not about not talking about it. We can yeah. look at it, yeah. right? We, we can acknowledge it and we see it and we feel it. And then we let that go, right? Yeah. It's, a, it's about let's not nitpick every little aspect of that pain. <laughs> let's yeah. not like take away the scab and make it bleed again we we want to we want to look at it we're like okay that's there that's a nice scar but what's what happens but we don't want to open it up again yeah it doesn't have to bleed again yeah so <laughs> yeah now we can really get into that definition you've started already on what a highly sensitive purpose is from what i understood it's like 15 to 20 percent of the population is highly sensitive yeah. and a lot of it and it, it's at a really at a neurological or neuro uh, nervous system level so then mm -hmm. it's like how we take in sensory data. And then it's yeah. also like how we process it. And, uh, and exactly. so, yeah. And so, yeah. So, so what, what are some of the other characteristics or definitions of uh... so, so basically a highly sensitive person is, it's like the romantic definition as, as named by Elaine Aaron, who wrote the book, the highly sensitive person, but the scientific term is sensory processing sensitivity. Okay. It's not the same as sensory processing disorder. 
which because that would mean that means there's something going wrong with your sensory processing with high sensitivity there's nothing going wrong <laughs> and i really like to make that very clear because a lot of people there's a lot of talk right now about neurodiversity uh, um oh my god but is that not autism oh but is that not adhd and it's not yeah you know there are lots and giftedness of course a lot of overlap uh but basically it's not a disorder <laughs> yeah and it's not a diagnosis either by the way because yeah. a diagnosis would mean that there's something going wrong <laughs> right it's just a, it's just a, a spectrum of the human diversity right yeah. so it's and it's and it's a 50 to 20 percent so that's a very big chunk so it's not about it's not so much so that's what we're like when people say that, oh well, oh that's different no 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 it's one in five right yeah <laughs> um and so that the processing um aspect is the main characteristic there's um uh, research had had been done in by the university of russell um and they uh, elaine aaron had made has characterized in many ways but in that research, they, they realized, they took, they took all those characteristics and they tried and they um, examined them on the scientific level and with a, with a lot of people. And they realized the main characteristic is the depth of processing. And that defines all the other characteristics. Yep. Because your emotional sensitivity that comes from all the depth of processing, your empathic abilities that come from there. Um, so it's, it, it really, it's like that, that umbrella that defines all the other ones. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting about, you know, knowing what it is and what it isn't. So a lot of people can think, oh, it sort of sounds like you're an introvert and, you know, like, for yeah. example, and, and it does share some of those characteristics, like, you know, you need uh, a lot of time on your own to recharge yeah. and just the sensory input of being in big crowds is, you know, I'm not your thing. So how do you know? if you're a highly sensitive. So one thing I noticed there are, there are uh, tests online. So if you're curious about, you know, there's like, there's like 30 questions or something. And, you know, yeah. if you get, if you're over 15 out of then, and so, so that's something if people want to look online and think, you know, is she talking about me? Yeah. Because I, I went but, and, yeah. But I want to say something about that. So that test was scientifically yeah. then tested okay. and um, it's not very valid. So okay. that test that's online is a really nice test. It's just something that you can say, oh, that sounds familiar. That's good to start on your journey. Right. But it's not a scientific test. It's not scientifically validated. Right. Um, there is a valid test, but it's in the University of Brussels, and you will have to go for that for something else, for a psychologist for that. Okay. Um, so, but it is um, a lot of things. It's 70% of the highly sensitive are introverts. 30% are not. Yeah. Um, and that can be very confusing <laughs> for um, for people when they, they think like, yeah, but but I actually but I love people. Yeah. But but what you what happens after you've loved people? <laughs> do, do you are you are you loving people? Like, do you get so much energy from it and then you really can keep at it? Or do you then need to recharge? Yeah. That's the, the question, right? You can also be like me. I'm also a sensation seeker, which is just, you know, <laughs> it's, it's the, that thirst for adventure. And I love to travel and I love to do new things and I love to learn new things. And I'm always looking for the next new challenge. 
Yeah. Oh, and then, and then, and you know, so a lot of times recover. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so it's always like, you're like with your, like with your feet on the brake and the gas pedal at the same time. Right. You're like, oh, oh you know, like, okay, no, 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 Yeah. Okay. And so uh, a really interesting thing there is, you know, the labeling. And so it's something that, uh, you know, we have to have the distinctions between what it is, it is and isn't. But then a lot of people, um, you, you talked about, you know, there can be misdiagnoses. Mm -hmm. So, so uh, people are labeled as one thing, but they're actually uh, high being highly sensitive uh, makes more sense and, and helps them. So can you tell us a bit about, you know, what kind of people who have that may be misdiagnosed as something else, and then that they even think of it as a disorder, whereas it isn't, it's uh, more of just a way of being wired. So yeah. it's not about solving, so, it's about so working with it. Yeah, so in, in a lot of people don't realize that in the psychological world, world if if you could look at the DSM, DSM five, it's just they're just checklists. Yeah. They're checklists. Yeah. Like psychiatrists have never heard of high sensitivity. Psychiatrists have never heard of giftedness. It's 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 not it's it, because it's because they're not disorders. So it's not in their book. Right. So what is in their book are disorders. So yeah. if you check off five things on that list, you'll be an you have autism or you have ADHD yeah. or whatever. And right, <laughs> and that just that for me that's very disturbing. Yeah. Um, I, there, I, I have a, one of my friends uh, online, which I, I met in person actually on a boat trip in the Dominican Republic. 2017 she's like a huge tv celebrity psychiatrist celebrity in the, in the u.s and she's like on any talk show that need a psychiatrist she wins awards she had never heard of high sensitivity i had to send her my articles she's in my group i mean seriously they have no clue yeah and then so and a lot of people then in this in an online world and i'm just i just have to like bite my tongue every time oh my god finally i have my autistic diagnosis it all makes sense and i'm looking at these people they're not autistic they're not but they're very happy with the label because it makes because it gives them security and understanding etc etc which i get i get but if you if if they didn't put you under an MRI and they did and they actually looked at your brain and showed me that your brain is really different, then you're not you don't have ADHD you don't <laughs> like I'm like oh. it really disturbs me because the the, the there's a, really a different brain going that's happening on an ADHD brain and in an autistic brain and and really really. <laughs> So for me to someone, somebody says that I'm like, wait, can we explore some a diff, something different? But if they're really attached to it, you can't go there. You yeah. cannot go there because it's an it's an identity issue. Then, yeah, right. They're they they have completely identified with their diagnosis. Yeah, and 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 how dare you suggest different? It's a it's. Sorry, it's a complete paradigm, isn't it? You know, like people get married to their problems and they love having them and they do not want them to be to be removed. Like, as you say, it's an identity thing. And that's just the whole paradigm that, you know, even the kind of 
no spiritual healing where it's a it's a wellness paradigm which is like yeah. how to how to be more well it's not how to fix a problem no no and, no and that, and no. that the whole thing's set up to you know fight diagnose problems and then fix them you know just from just For and if me, we and, and if you don't do that then what do you do you know anybody that comes to me and says my burnout my fibromyalgia my cancer my anything i'm already first of all <laughs> yeah. not you <laughs> it's yeah. not yours if it's yours you can have it it'll stay with you for as long as you want it but if you want something different you're going to have to really take get out of that identification with your problem because it's really gonna it's it, you're it you're yeah. it <laughs> yeah and this is such a gets to the core of such spiritual reality because if people identify with that for so long and then you take that away then they don't know who they are and they may find out who they are as something you know far greater than they ever imagined you know in a spiritual sense or the ultimate self or you know, all of that Anything. stuff and, and that's not, not it <laughs> exactly well that, that's one of the benefits of past life regression i find is people can really yeah. fixate on the idea of you know myself and my trauma and my mother that's like, well, you, you know, we just did three past life regressions. We had four different mothers and you were two of them. So, you know, you're not this identity of me as the wounded child, you know, you're 40 and, uh, and you've, you've been, all, you've been many other things. And that just how expands people's idea on what their self is. And then the, you know, then coming back to the conscious reality of, I am this, you know, uh, uh, broken thing. Well, you know, sort of, but not really, not on the bigger picture. Exactly. And, and why? And the why? Why are you experiencing these things? Why? What's here to teach you? Why? What? What are you here to learn about this? And how can we? Oh, how can we? Not so overcome that or grow through that or, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, instead of just ha just being that thing, instead of like looking at it from another perspective, it's like okay, let's see what's here for me. What's for? What's the growth? And, and a lot of people just, they just don't want to because they just want to be victimized. They love being a victim. They're so attached to their pain mm. that, that they cannot, you know, that's why you, you said yourself, like some people don't come to you for certain therapies. I love it when people come to me and they say, I've been to a therapist. I've been to the physical therapist. I've been to the chiropractor. I've been to the acupuncturist. I've been to this, this, this. And I, and, and it's still, and I, and I'm just, I'm just done. And I just, please help me. And I'm like, are you ready to surrender? Yeah. <laughs> because that's when you can have them. That's when you realize like, look, you've done all the normal things. Yeah. Let's now go completely crazy just let's go nuts let's go like completely into everything else and yeah. let's experience but you have to be willing to go there sure <laughs> when people come to me and say i'm curious but i haven't tried anything else i'm like well go and try everything else and come back to me when you're <laughs> dead come back to me when you're desperate yeah exactly you know <laughs> then, then you'll commit like, you know? that's weird yeah and most people are at that stage. You know, I'm I'm the therapist of last resort. You know, by the time you do something as crazy as past lives or spirit release or something, at that point, you know, people have tried everything else. But uh, mm. but like for you, on the, with the, you know, you've got that conventional basis, and maybe uh, people will come in and you know, just this whole paradigm of like, if you're saying, look, uh, being highly sensitive isn't you know a diagnostic uh, problem to be solved. 
but it is, mm -hmm. a way, it is a way of understanding how you're wired. And so even how do you apply a therapeutic solution to something that you're saying is not a problem, but it is, is it more about just, uh, you know, uh, more, more wellness or more insight? So how do you work with people? Uh, it, if you I, Yeah, I work with people on the, on the awareness level. So we have to be like, first, first of all, how are you wired? What does that mean for you? And, yep. and it's, you know, I, I, I am, it's really um, all the band-aid methods, you know, like just, we just put something on a sentence and then let, maybe you bleed through it or not, you know, I, you, you've got to go there or you're not going to go there because it's not going to change anything in your life. If you're just going to look at just a little band-aid and, you know, you're not going to look at it and then maybe you'll be okay. Um, it's really, I work with people on the awareness level, what works for you, what's there and what do you want to moving forward? Because we can keep looking at the past. It's not going to help you. Uh, really not. Okay. Who are you now? What do you want? And how are you going to do that? And how can you walk that, you know, that path? Yeah. Uh, it's, you know, because a lot of the, in, in a lot of the, things that I see around um, high sensitivity, empath world, spiritual world, right? And I even write that on my website. I, I, I was like, I, I was breaking out in hives every time somebody would say the word self-care. Because self-care, it's, 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 it became like this, you know, if you just make sure you have a bath once in a while and you'll be fine. And just, you know, make sure that you, you have your cup of tea every morning and you'll be fine. And that's not what self-care is. Self-care is deep awareness. It's like, like really, really, what do I, what do I want? What do I need? How, what makes me just want to jump out of bed every morning? And how can I create a life that will support that? And that's what I do, <laughs> right? I, I love that. I've got, I can, I, I think we're going to talk about this in the next podcast, but I, yeah. I, I've got a big rant. I'd, I'd go on and complete, <laughs> complete support like of that. I love yeah. rants. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I also I get triggered by that a little bit myself, but I think uh, one thing, so completely on the same page, one thing's interesting though, you know, what is even the purpose of being a highly sensitive? And I think, no, the sensitivity, the overwhelm, and even the pain that you might ha may have by being, you know, sensitive in a, in a corrupt power hungry you know foolish ignorant world to a, a lot large extent it's not about papering over that and just sort of pretending it's not happening and just still doing the same soul crushing job or participation it's about you know really finding that life purpose and people don't do that if they're not so people come to me and say i'm in a bit of pain you know i'm curious and i'm in a bit of pain I'm like go back when you're desperate come back when you're desperate and, and, and have more pain you don't need less pain you need more because that's yeah. gonna that's gonna help you awake, and it's gonna give you no choice but to do something else other than what you're doing. And a bath is not gonna cut it. You're gonna have to really no. change your life, and it's gonna be uncomfortable. It's gonna be scary. It's gonna be all of those things. But that's what awakening, you know, that that's part of it. And if not, you're still just you know, these people sleepwalking through their, you know, their love of their pain identity. You're asleep, and you're willfully asleep. You know, and part of the message is like, wake up. And if you're highly sensitive, the benefit of that is that you can't tolerate sleepwalking through and BSing yourself. Exactly. Michael Beckwith has this, uh, this little quote. He says, the, the pain pushes until the vision pulls. Right? And, nice. and, and it, that's, that's for me, you know, that sums it up. And I see so many people and they're like, yeah, but I'm not there yet. I'm like, 
that's fine. The pain pushes until the vision pulls, right? The pain, it, it will, it, when, when they're ready, when they're, they're they, they see like they're, everything they're doing, it's really not working. And you can, and denial is not working anymore and everything else is not working. Then, you know, the pain is going to, you know, it's just going to crack. And then, then the vision is going to pull you when you can create that. But the pain is going to be the push for a long time. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately. And the highly sensitive, they're, they're, they just awaken earlier because we just don't have that in us to keep going at that level. We just yeah. don't. We, it just is we're just just something is gonna crash, we're gonna burn out, we're gonna, you know, you've developed all these uh, physical symptoms. Um, so, and until so we okay, this is not working, this is not it. I have to things have to change. So yeah, the the pain and and I think it's one of the most uncomfortable things for people. Um when they realize, and, and, and even, you know, at this level, in the work that I've been doing for so long, uh, on myself, because it always starts with me, right? There are still things that I'm not willing to look at, right? And that I, that I, that even this past year that I'm finally there to say, oh, I've been ignoring that because I was just not ready to go there at that phase in my life. I wasn't ready to go there with my physical body or things that I've been wanting. Um, now I am, right? And that's also something that we have to understand that we have faces. <laughs> and yeah. sometimes, you know, I have a 22 year old now, right? And I see her doing, going through things that she knows she knows consciously this is not right i cannot this i can't be doing this too long but i cannot in this space in my life i have no other choice because because our society is just not set up for that right so i'll, I'll just power through and and i'm holding that intention for her that she'll make it right but but i understand that in that phase in her life she cannot do those things that she sees me doing yeah she knows consciously that that I'm right, <laughs> and 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 she can see that. But she's like, I have no other choice right now. So we have to also honor those faces and of our lives. And some people can, uh, you know, I I see people going very young into the spiritual practice, for example, um, and then they end up not having children for <laughs> you know like and, and for me things were always like the other way around i always did everything completely yeah. <laughs> it's like no 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 well, let's just let's do it now let's have a kid now let's i want it you know and then and and we'll and now we'll evolve through that and other people do it completely different so we have to kind of like honor that but at the same time um the people that really want to work with me, they know, like, if you have to, you have to be willing to go deep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I love I, I, it's not about meditation. It's not about lighting the candle. It's not about the prayer. It's not about the affirmation. It's not about how, you know, the, 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 how many Oracle card decks you have. I have many, <laughs> but it's about what is that deep inquiry that you yeah. think you're willing to go into. 
yeah, I love that on your website you said I don't go for shallow work I love the deep work that comes with healing the past transforming the now to free you for your future and the generations to come and I was like wow did, is that on my website or yours like oh, that's exactly what I'd say all right and so even people, <laughs> even people come to me and they say you know I want to do a, an exploration session for past life progression I'm like no boring shallow it, it, let dig in it, let's find a pain to heal and if you don't have it come back when you do but i'm not, not i'm not about exploration or curiosity just whatever you know like let's get into something really uh that because that's what i can do other people can can do that other stuff but this is what i want to do and so yeah like i can give you i can give you many websites where you can find nice meditations and people that go like really into pretty crystals like fine you can go there but when you have something really to work with you can come to me <laughs> exactly i'm exactly the same i love it and so yeah. so so when people do work with you uh i know your website as well but go to go to karen's website it's amazing a lot of stuff there and so you've got a few programs you've got a stop overwhelm now a two-day intensive you've got a vibrant sensitivity mentoring program a three-month program and they're having it all mm -hmm. coaching program six to 12 months so can you tell us about you know, some of the offerings, how you work with people, what, what those programs do? Well, basically they, they kind of say it pretty, pretty, <laughs> pretty well. Uh, I, I like that the stop over bomb is really just that, that, that deep dive two day deep dive. We go into so many things of that are, that are happening in the now, right? We, because a lot of people that when they're in overwhelm in burnout, moment they just don't even see it anymore they have no clue what's happening anymore they're just like it's just a big foggy brain i've been there right it's a foggy brain you don't see it you you have no idea what you can cut out everything is just you want to cut everything out but you have no clue how to make things manageable small steps you know getting things just so small that you can't fail and build from there. So we the, the two-day intensive is really about making it really tiny. <laughs> You're and 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 that's like you need two days for that, you do <laughs> because there's just so much that you have to clear before you can even just get rid of the brain fog. Yeah. Um, so it's not but it's 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 about getting clear, but you we do of course do healing, we do all these things that just to relax the body and the brain first so what kind of space. what kind of modalities are you using are you using some like uh, uh, psychological principles uh, techniques are you using uh energy healing uh yeah. hypnotherapies energy. what kind of stuff all of that all okay. of it sure. oh. <laughs> just, just, just... <laughs> okay. <Nice. laughs> yeah no we do i i i, I just basically put everything in there and it depends it's so highly caught a tailor to who's in front of me sure. uh, we, we're not we are not all the same I have and to pretend that we have a one-size-fits-all thing I don't because we're all very different we all have different experiences very different lives different situations a child a mother of five has will have a very different uh, uh, session than a childless person yeah period uh even if it's just to 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 allow the body to heal from five pregnancies i mean th that 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 alone could be a whole day yeah <laughs> right so so that's the two but uh the three months is the three months of mentoring program it's 
people who, who do have pain, but really just need like kind of like a, a, a three month hold my hand experience <laughs> of, okay, I need to step, uh, I, I understand what I'm doing, but I need somebody to just walk with me for three months so that we can set something up that I can move forward with. And then, and the having it all is really when people really have need more handholding. Uh, they're doing uh, something radically different with their life. They want to really transform it. Uh, okay, I want a new business. I'm going to start a new business. Um, I'm actually a new mother, and I need guidance through that. Um, in my first year of my first year, or 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 anything that it's more like transformational that I that they need more support. Um, and, 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 and space for that because it doesn't happen overnight, yep. <laughs> right? Things that I, I, my year programs, are, I, I love working for, for a year with people because that's when you see it and that they can see also um, how they're changing and how every change creates a new person within them. Yep. And that each new identity then needs something different. <laughs> so so, so the person that they were at, at the beginning is not going to be the same person that is at the 12 month period there'll be someone different it's a new person yeah and and the people you're working with uh, it sounds like we started off talking about gifted children and then mm -hmm. how do parents work with those children and then so you're talking and you work with men and women so this coaching program is it could it even be you know a 40 year old man who doesn't have kids would still be yeah. someone you'd work with yeah okay. yeah, yeah yeah that's but, why uh, I that's why I rebranded to the vibrant sensitive because it was very much so that I had I was working with with uh all types of uh people right. and then and I realized yeah like <laughs> why would I just why would I stick with parents right I started with parents because it was what I knew yeah. Uh, or what, where I could rebrand quickly, <laughs> let's say. Yeah. Um, and it pretty quickly evolved to like, but I want people are coming to me and said, but what about me? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and the funny thing about, uh, you know, adult men is they used to be kids. <laughs> we, they're all little boys. <laughs> but exactly. Most of them still are. So, uh, and and they didn't have the benefit of going through an education system that did cater for you know for them and so you know just catch it now absolutely there in, in with any i think I, I, you can work with every i can work with everyone right and i yeah. mean I, and i've worked and i've worked with I, I still work with children by the way i still do okay um right now my my youngest is 10 uh, that I'm working with, uh, and it's and with children, which is interesting. With children, what I mostly do is hypnotherapy. Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah. Children are very much; they actually love it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I did do uh, um, kids uh, hypnotherapy uh, um, training in the Netherlands uh, with Ina Ostrom. Yeah. Uh, she's an Omni trainer, and she was the first one to brought that the, the, the children hypno uh, hypnosis to the Netherlands, which I was like, yes, I was like on the first, uh, first go. Okay. Um, but children love hypnosis. They love it. And yeah. teenagers, teenagers love hypnotherapy. Mm. And I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> because yeah. they don't have to talk. All right. 
They don't have to talk. And if you bring anyone who's a parent, and everybody who's worked with teenagers, and you bring a surly 13-year-old, 14-year-old to your practice, and you yeah. say, so tell me about your life. So. Mona. So. <laughs> right? They'll be like, I roll. Look, I'm here because my parents told me to come. I don't know what, you know, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I have to be here, yeah. right? So with hypnotherapy, you know, I do the talking most of the time and I just ask some questions while they're in hypnosis and they're fine with that. Yeah. Um, and then, and then as we progress, they start talking more, right? Because they realize, oh, this is not scary. Oh, this is actually really cool. Oh, this is interesting. Oh, she's not, you know, she's pretty cool. So we'll talk. Uh, but yeah. I love doing hypnotherapy with teenagers. <laughs> well, that's the thing. You can just, at the end of it, you can say, you know, open your eyes and uh, you just sort of keep, you know, once you've got them going, I'm sure you can talk to them afterwards in a more conscious state as well. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. So I was going to ask, uh, like, you, you know, I, I, you, uh, you're interested in NLP and you actually took some, uh, enrolled some of my courses on past life regression, which is, you know, next step from hypnotherapy, neuro-linguistic neuro programming. Uh, and uh, past life stuff so you know how have you found those modalities so you use hypnotherapy what, what other yeah. kind of do you use any of those other modalities that you know my audience the past life awakening institute that'd be uh, interested to know about you know your thoughts yeah. on some of those or how you use them yes well so um doing touch with matrix which is the modality that i'm most aligned with uh yeah. which are trained in the netherlands um we we would go into past lives but because it's a quantum field, right? You're just in that quantum space. But it wasn't very, um, um, let's just say, defined. Yeah. And, and that's what I loved about your training is that you could have really clear cut um, sessions around these past lives uh, with really clear instructions about the release, the, you know, the, the breaking the bonds of time, which I love. Um, and I use, interchangeably sometimes in the quantum field as well, because it's just such a great, great suggestion. Um, and usually people will come to me, not particularly about a past life, but pretty quickly I can tell when it is. And then would, and then it's just what I would suggest people. I, because I don't say I just do this. I say, I do energy healing. Yeah. Um, people, I, then in that intake, we can define what's happening. Um, and I can pretty quickly tell if it's, is this a past life issue, right? Yeah. Um, which, you know, it's, it's, it's comes with experience and you, and, that's, and especially because like, there's like really like no reason that I would have this really weird thing, right? <laughs> and it's just, is such a weird pattern. And I, and I, really then you can really quickly go okay it might be that we're talking about a past life issue here are you willing to explore that and and, and when they're when they're coming to me for energy healing about something that is really painful already and and recurring they're willing <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 and yeah and so are you doing regressions to this life things uh, yeah. already yes okay are you, yeah. Are you, okay. Yeah. And so then it's just, it's so they're, they're already familiar with hypnosis. They're familiar with regression. They're going back to an earlier time in their life. You might as well go back to an earlier time in their, their life before that. It's not, by the time you're there, it's not that much of a big jump. 
no no it's pretty relaxed and people i yeah. i i've always uh i've always so surprised when people are just so again as i said willingness is a big issue uh if you're if they're willing to go there they'll go there yeah. right and they, they're pretty it's pretty easy to to do when they're um they're just ready it's like that like that priming and it's they're just ready and um and I, and I think that's something with with any type of uh, of hypnosis um, is the willingness. <laughs> yeah, that's why it's good when people are like, okay, you're ready for this, right? Like, okay, you've explored everything else, you're ready. Exactly. And I think it's the willingness. The willingness is the most important thing. I, when when I'm when in hype in hypnosis training, people will always love to practice with me because I'm like, okay, let's go, <laughs> let's do it, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And they always want to like, oh, can I do you? Because I'm just like, okay, let's go. <laughs> yeah. that, that that's great. That's that's the difference between someone who says I'm ready to I'm ready to dip my toe in. No, I, I want you to no, be ready no, to no. I want you to be ready to dive in exactly exactly you have to be just yeah. like okay i'm surrendering to this process and i'm surrendering also to your process which is something that it's also um i've actually had to stop working with clients okay. who were just not surrendering to the process because they just said they would be just like you know like well no no oh, and, and or really really fighting it yeah. you know fighting the process of what i'm trying to get them to go into into something so and they and they just don't want to <laughs> yeah on your website you say you have a so if you're interested in working with karen you can have a or doing her programs you've got yeah. a you know ha, give me give me a call and we can talk about it but you said to make sure we have chemistry yeah and i'm like that's completely it like whether even whether they're willing to do it or not it's like i just the the, the chemistry the connection isn't like so i if i feel i don't really connect with somebody maybe even past life progression is for them just not with me i'll say yeah. you know, it's either you know past life is not for you do cbt or it is for you but just not with me because we're not vibing as much as we should be and they'll they'll often be uh, you know upset or you know like oh i thought we were vibing but it's like well relatively no and that's so important and just even as a healer for me to be you know engaged and excited i want to you know i love every one of my clients and if I, yeah. you know, and I vibe with them and I've got great chemistry and they're awesome. And, and if, the, and, the, and if there are people who, uh, you know, you're just not vibing, then, you know, it's for their, their benefit as well, find someone you vibe with more. And I, but I have to be the one that says we're not vibing at the level we should be because I'm sensitive to it. And, and yeah, they're not, yeah, yeah. they they think that you're vibing, but yeah, like this is like, it's an okay connection, but the, 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 <laughs> the ideal one isn't with me and it must be with somebody else. So go find them you know, take your money and, uh, and spend it yeah, somewhere else. Exactly. And, and, and... That, that is, that is so vital because a lot of people are really just, you know, if I'm in desperation energy, yeah, because I want, I'm doing this for the money, right. Then, then I'm not going to, I'm not going to be congruent with what, what I'm trying to do with you. Yeah. And, and if you then fight me on something, then I'm going to be like, oh, 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 no, 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 no. But no, look, you have to trust the process. And, and that means you have to trust me. Yeah. And, and like, I would never take you somewhere you, I, that you can't go. I have a deep, deep, deep faith and trust in the processes that I, that I um, facilitate. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's also the intention that I work in, you know, like there's 
everything that I'm, we're going to do, it's exactly what your soul intended, period. Yeah. Yeah. If you're, if we're going to be, if you're going to be fighting me on every point, <laughs> not going to work. And, yeah. and we have to, I have to be okay. Like, like I trust that what's meant for me will not pass me by. <laughs> yeah. You're my, if you're the client for me, you're the, I'm the healer, you know, the healer for you. And otherwise I can't, I can't work with you. Yeah. You have to be in integrity with that. Absolutely. And like, you have to be sensitive to it. You have to know that it's happening. A lot of, you know, a healer might say, oh, I had an intake form or his first session with this person and it didn't, well, I don't feel as good as I do after my other session. So I'll have a bath and make things better. No, <laughs> you, you, you realize that I need to make a change and you do the hard thing, which is to, to cut it. And I don't say fail hard, fail early, you know, if our, oh, yeah. and, and not let it drag on and, uh, and, you know, be really willing to, 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 you know, to do the breakup. A lot of people in relationships, you know, they're there because neither one of them wants to be the bad guy that pulls the trigger. But for me, if it's like, Hey, this relationship isn't where it needs to be and, at this time, and therefore it's not going to happen. And then, you know, so, but you have to be the one who knows that and then, and then backs it up and says it with, you know, the courage, the clarity, and the confidence to do it and, and to know that you know that's okay it's nothing wrong with them because they because i don't have chemistry with them doesn't make them a lesser person and make they're still awesome for somebody else just not me and that, there's no problem in that no it, there's no shame in that also for yeah. for, for, for 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 as as a, as a therapist and healer we have to be so much in integrity with chemistry yeah <laughs> those frequencies matter, you know, and I have to believe that I, because I have to be, um, I have to believe in what I'm doing too. Right. Yeah. And this, if it, and that, that belief is going to actually form that field that I'm creating for you that you're going to be stepping into. And if, if, if it's not there because I don't see it because I don't, it's not really there for me. I don't see it. And I can't work with you because I don't, I don't have that faith that I have yeah. to have to put you in that field that I want to create with you. <laughs> yeah, that, that's great. And that's one of the reasons I like doing these podcasts because, you know, we can express our personalities the way we think and feel. And if people watch this and they're vibing going, oh yeah, exactly. If other people are like, oh, I don't know, maybe, or if you may like, maybe, you know, if you, if you're vibing on it, contact us, if not, you know, it, really yeah. look, look, look for somebody else, do more research. You're going to have to do more work. Oh, but I found this one. So I want my work to end now. And I'll just contact one of these guys. Cause they're like, maybe no, keep working. You got more work to do. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. You know? Sorry to tell you, but you know, it's, you know, like I want yeah. to do it the easy way. Well, there are no you know, easy ways. But oh, this, easy. No, no, no. <laughs> well, you know, the, the easy ways work for a little while until they don't. You know, and that's the, why we don't want to do the shallow stuff. We want to do the deep one because once you get it done, it, you know, it really works and it's done, you know, for good. Yeah, know? absolutely. Absolutely. And you can then look back and say, who was that person? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this, this ties in, this is a beautiful segue to uh, our next. So I, I would want to ask you, well, tell me about the past lives that you had. And, uh, and, and, but well, I'm going to ask you that next time. And yes, I'm, I'm, also yes. gonna, I'm also going to say, well, how do you stay congruent as a healer? And we've already given, you know, part one of that answer. Uh, but then, you know, part two, how do you walk the talk? Uh, mm -hmm. How do you do, what is real self-care beyond putting a Band-Aid on? What is the real self-care and the real healing that you've had to do in your life? 
what are the real, you know, depression, soul crushing areas that you're in? And we've talked about that a little bit. I was in a, in, a, in a system and there were rules and there's government regulations and I had to make my own way. But there are lots of other ways you've had to make your own way and, and really design your own life. And you're just about to go on a pilgrimage walk, kind of like Paulo Coelho, like pilgrimage, going through like the, the you know, it's in Portugal or Spain or you're about, so tell us about that. Well, what, are we, what are you about to do? And then you'll give us the full story next time. So give us the yes. teaser. Yes. So I'm going to do uh, a pilgrimage. It's uh, the Camino de Santiago, but it's the coastal Senda Litoral. And yeah. uh, uh, it leads from Porto to Santiago de Compostela. It's around 300 kilometers. Uh, it's not that bad. It's the time that I have now. One day I'll do the big one. I know it. <laughs> But then it's when my kids are out of the house and grown and everything. But now I got two weeks uh, to walk, uh, to walk those 300 kilometers. Um, and uh, I'm really excited about that. I, I, it's um, something that I've always wanted to do. Um, I have this um, belief that I want to transform through it. And that, that is that I, I, that I can do hard things. Yeah. Um, I've never uh, done anything that's physical, physically challenging, yeah. like this. And I want, and I, and I want to experience all the things that it do does on a mental, emotional, spiritual, and physical level. I want to like, you know, <laughs> all those levels, and that that something like this, that it's, you know, it's not just like a one day thing. No, no, I want to. I want to do the hard things. Uh, I can do that. And, uh, and I'm going to do it. <laughs> Beautiful. So it really is a spiritual pilgrimage. It is. It is because it touches you on so many levels. And, um, and I think um, when we, when we do things like this, that are, it's, it's not just, the, it's not just a physical aspect. Yeah. But what are you, what are you telling yourself? when you're doing these things what are you how, what what is your mind doing and what kind of emotions are you processing you know what kind of inspiration comes through because you have you're taking this time for you to to create that space to just be with your thoughts for those for those days and and and, and what the, the people you meet the encounters the conversations you know everybody that's on your path is it's, it's like a a little messenger, a little guide. I mean, that, that's the intentions that I'll be work, walking with. Like everyone I meet is a master, right? Wow. Um, and to be in that in that space of noticing, just noticing, noticing. Like, look at this. What is? Oh my God! Just opening all my senses completely. Uh, because of course, you know, we're always in shutdown because there's only so much we can do. But when you can actually be in a space, okay, I can open all my senses, I'm safe, and I'm going to experience everything that needs that can come to me through these 14 days as I just walk. Yeah. That 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 is for me. It's just like just. <sighs> yeah, that's so cool. I love you know people can do spiritual practice like you know I'm going to go on a yoga retreat or a meditation. I'm just going to be in the hall and I'll be comfortable and safe, and I'll have my nice mat or my nice shawl and everything will be fine. But one thing about meditating in Thailand is you sit for an hour, then you walk for an hour. So walking meditation is so big over there, or in in Thailand walk you know. And so the idea of that you meditate sitting 
you know, they, their meditative walking is such a big part of the practice. And also I love the fact that, you know, a lot of spiritual people like us, you know, we're not that into physical sports, this kind of stuff, but to say, no, I'm going to push myself and I'm going to do like a real walk. So I was going to ask you like, are you into trekking and hiking? Like, no, the, the free fact that I'm not is what makes it spiritual. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, exactly. I'm not. I, I. I'm not into anything that is extreme. I'm very much not. It's like it's actually yeah. kind of like even like a like yeah. a thing for me. Like I just. Why would I suffer like that? Yeah. <laughs> like. <laughs> to, to, do, to, to do that anyway and learn from it and get outside of, you know, myself as a non-sporty physical self, but then, well, that's a limited version and you're going to, you know, you're wait to an expansive version. So that's really cool. Yeah. I'm really excited. I'm really excited. I will, I leave, you know, uh, it's what is today. It's, it's now Tuesday. I leave Monday. So it's in uh, six days. Yeah. Okay. Well, even yeah. just, just to, just to tie a bow on it, just talking about, you know, being highly sensitive, I think if we're highly sensitive in the modern world in the city and you walk around, you know, with your senses all open to that, like you can't do it. But if you're in nature and there's actual yeah. quietness and there's actual trees living and breathing and photosynthesizing and birds, then so the, it's a disadvantage to be highly sensitive in a real extreme modern world, but it's an advantage when you're really in nature. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I don't do cities. <laughs> I don't do cities. I live right now. I'm like, I'm the hills of Portugal. I'm like, yeah. Okay, completely cool. in my bliss. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, I look, I look, so uh, thank you so much for being on the podcast this time. Thank you so much for yeah. having me. Yeah, I really look forward to, you know, finding out. So you are in Portugal. I know that you've lived in the Netherlands, the Dominican Republic. You've got such an interesting life history. You're about to your life history is going to stay interesting as you make it so in the next month. So uh, I really look forward to, you know, have a great trip and I really look forward to talking to you afterwards. Thank you. I look yeah. forward to being here and telling you all about it. <laughs> so yeah. So once again, thanks. Thanks so much for being on the podcast. Great to see you. See you next Bye. time. Bye. Bye. If you're interested in having personal sessions or certification training in hypnosis or hypnotherapy or regression to this life, past lives, between lives or spirit releasement therapy, then visit my website, thepastlifeawakeninginstitute.com for details. Thanks so much for watching or listening and see you next time.